0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Eric Cam, Professor of Macroeconomics at Ryerson University, a good friend of this program, is back with us. And uh, Professor Cam, thank you very much for taking the time. And the headline is, the U.S. economy is moving forward while Canada... Is not Canada's economy is not at this time two hundred and seven thousand jobs last lost in uh, in April in in Canada alone in that thirty day period. Perspective overview from you is what?
1: Well, uh, first of all, thank you for having me back. It's always a pleasure. I thought that we would um, take a second and take a snapshot of the labor market because, arguably, of all of the macroeconomic um, indicators, I think it might be the most important. To, um, to the public because everybody is touched by things like employment and, God forbid, unemployment in their life. And I'm, I'm actually, I was thrilled to be preceded by Diane Francis because she sounds only m- a little more marginally angry than, than me. Um, and so she gave her bit, and my bit is when you take a snapshot of that labor market, there's nothing to fall back on. Employ- You're right, employment fell again, and and the unemployment rate rose. But when you actually dig behind the statistics, there's some really scary, what I will call, micro numbers. And, and, and that is the labour market within the labour market. Uh, the number of employed people working less than half of their usual hours increased by almost 30%. Uh, total hours worked fell 3% in key areas like services, accommodation, retail trade. And then one of my favorite statistics is what's called the labor underutilization rate, which basically is the number of people who want to work, willing to work, able to work, and they are working, but they want to work more, um, rose to 17% of those people who are actually currently earning. So you put that all together and it really is a pretty dismal picture of a labor market and i liked that that miss francis and i respect her column as well she said we just don't really seem to have a prime minister right now and i would argue that a uh no we don't seem to have one who's concerned about the economy that's for sure and b when you look at what's going on in the united states they are having things like uh real uh, corporate tax incentives to reopen a hundred percent tax deductible investment credits And we have none of that going on in in Ontario, specifically Canada in generally. And so when you see things like the labor market getting slammed, especially with women and marginalized workers, it's really, it's sad, but it's hard to be surprised, Roy.
0: Yeah. Can I keep you uh, focused right on your microphone there, Professor? Because you drifted off a little bit and we, we lose the audio. But I hear what you're saying. So here, let me ask you this question. Well, first of all, let me follow up with saying this. When business sectors are in trouble, which they are in Canada because we talk to sector leaders on this program, employment becomes endangered. It's just a fact. But if we look at what's happening in the United States where the economy is catching on, their vaccination program is leaving us in the dust. Almost a third of Americans have been fully vaccinated. That's both jabs. so that's about 110 million Americans have been fully vaccinated. We're at less than 3% in this country, so just under 1 million. Americans have a glut of vaccines. We're still waiting for vaccines to arrive in Canada at the amounts we require. How much does that play into the business picture, if it does?
1: It absolutely does. And what it speaks to, we've spoken about this before, is expectations. And I don't know if the causality runs from health to business or business to health, and I'm not even sure it matters. But when you have a population that is so relatively vaccinated, it gives people a sense of some level of indestructibility. And how does that translate into the business sense? Well, it means that they're not afraid to be consumers and to go out and spend their money. And they're not afraid to be producers and they're not afraid to create things, goods and services that can be sold. So the number for me, the, the expression is just that the vaccination rate is so high, which means that the level of confidence is so high and that confidence gets spread to the business community. And we know it's a simple one to one relationship that as business rises, gross domestic product rises. So I think it's a complete um, reflection of what confidence in the business sector looks like in Canada versus the United States.
0: Okay, Professor Cam, let me ask you this, because I hear this repeated time and time again, and that is that there are billions of dollars waiting to be spent by people who've been sitting on their money because they haven't had the opportunity to spend it. We're hearing the same out of the United States that multiples of billions of dollars that people have that are ready to spend will drive their economy, and in fact, that's what's happening, that's what we hear. I'm curious about this, and I I have to ask you this question. If we have billions and billions of dollars that have been set aside, that haven't been spent, that are gonna fuel the economy moving forward as people are once again allowed out out of their homes and, and, and business resumes and retail resumes, how does that how does that uh, work when at the same time we have national polling that shows over 50% of the Canadian population is less than $200 a month or uh, $200 away from not being able to pay their
1: bills at the end of the month? The two don't they, – they don't connect for me. They don't connect for you. They shouldn't connect for you because you are – a a discerning citizen who's able to tell facts from nonsense. I've said it before. I'll say it again. There is no pot of money at the end of this rainbow. We are in no position right now as an economy, as a country, to be saving the types of dollars that people up in their minds that exists somewhere yes wealthy people will always have money to spend but i want to see statistics on these savings figures i haven't seen any the only statistics i've seen are the number of people that are one paycheck away from complete and utter insolvency so my argument is and much like your your medical questions where you want to see data i want to see data and i I don't see data yet
0: i do want to see data because i'm being asked to move forward based on trust and I can't do that unless there's something to back it up. I can't move forward on something that NACI, for example, is suggesting is appropriate unless I can see data that backs it up because it inf- it affects me, it affects you, it affects all of us. We need to see the information because we're the, we're the outlier now. Canada's the only country that's doing this and we need to know that the facts are what they say they are. Let me ask you this. Upside of things, where is it? Where's an Upside economically.
1: the upside, and, and it, it may sound a little bit flimsy, but I'm going to put it out there anyway. An economy is a very, very funny machine. And uh, the only thing we know about an economy, the only thing we know, Roy, and I've studied it for about 21 years, is I equate the ec- economy to a roller coaster. We know it's going to go up. We know it's going to go down. As economists, the only thing we can really try to do is keep the ups from getting not too high and the lows from not being too low. So here's the good news. It will recover in due time. But the question is, when we say recover, it's like walking down the stairs playing with a yo-yo. We may have some short-term bursts, and we will. But, you know, you often bring up my students, Roy, and they want to know how long, Professor Cam, until we're no longer in debt. And I hate to tell the good listenership, but the answer now is not in my grandchildren's lifetime. So what is the positive? The economy's going to rebound. But to what? Will it ever reach pre-pandemic levels? And I'd argue in some uh, indicators, the answer is no.
0: Uh, not in your grandchildren's lifetime, Will we recover and get out of debt. That is assuming that things don't get worse. And I don't want to be the negative, uh, negative uh, net here. But we're counting on, and this is what governments tell us repeatedly, interest rates are low, so let's continue to borrow. Well, we can't be assured that interest rates will stay low, and inevitably and invariably, and historically they don't. Let me ask you this. What is the most key indicator that you look for when you're looking at where we are economically? When you study the the patterns and the trends, what is the one indicator that you go to most? What's your go-to
1: The labor market. I want to see what the unemployment rate is. I want to see what the underutilization rate is. And I mean the labor market in its purest term. I don't mean my cousins who lie on the couch all day and don't work. I mean the people that are ready to work, willing to work, knocking on doors, trying to get jobs, but there's no job there. I think that is the one that affects the most people so you want my most important one it's jobs because when people are working people are spending and when people are spending the economy is booming who are these cousins of yours uh my mom and dad are listing, so i'm just <laughs> gonna pass on that but i'd like to wish all the mothers out there a happy mother's day
0: well done good recovery very good recovery if you want to hear more